Hello, hello, what up, what up? Welcome to Yo Sun Dynasty, the arts and culture podcast, bringing you events going on around Seoul, South Korea. It is I, your host, Candy. And for the month of December, we've got some film stuff, we've got some museum stuff, and we've got a whole lot of music stuff. So let's start with the music, shall we? First up, December 14th and 15th, that's Friday and Saturday at Namsan Traditional Theater. There will be a musical performance featuring Jambanai and Choi Hee-sun. Jambanai I heard of when I first came to Korea, or maybe about a year in, and they were an interesting setup. There were three of them, a guy on guitar and two women playing Korean traditional instruments. And they are an interesting mashup of like Korean folk music and punk rock, but also a lot more. Um, One band member plays the hagum, which is kind of similar to a fiddle. And it's been called the saddest instrument in the world. If you ever watch like a Korean movie and somebody died or is about to die, it's probably the hagum being played in the background of that scene. It really is like this one string sorrowful instrument. But in the context of the band, it just works and sounds so diverse. The other band member plays the hyungum, which is kind of in the zither family. So it's this long wooden thing with like, I think 11 strings and you play it on the floor. And it's like a full body experience, like watching her play that thing. And these two very traditional sounds mixed with the guitarist. And now I think they've added like a drummer and some other musicians that play with them live. Then also this weekend is the sixth annual Korean Reggae Fest Rise Again. You heard me. Yes, there is reggae in Korea. Um, So if that sounds totally whack to you, you should definitely check it out. Um, Either you'll be pleasantly surprised or you'll just get a few laughs out of seeing so many Korean people with fake locks. Either way, it's a win-win, I think. I've been to the event twice in the past, and I was introduced to a couple really fantastic bands. Um, One is Kingston Rudieska, which is kind of a ska band, and the other one has actually become my favorite Korean band, No Suntech and The Soul Sauce. Um, I'm really, really lucky that Korean stalking laws are so lax because I pretty much go to all their shows and stare at them and smile at them like an idiot. Um, Their music, I don't know, it definitely fits the reggae genre, but it also is kind of jazzy, kind of funky, and just also kind of like a hard rock sound sometimes too. They pretty much convince me that whatever they want to play, they can play it better than anybody. Um, So I'm always really excited to see them. There's also a band called Cool Running on the bill. I've never heard their music, but of course, just saying the name of the band reminds me of the movie, and that makes me so happy. Um, There is a member of Cool Running, though, that I've met before, and his name is King Kong. King Kong has like the straightest teeth you'll ever see. 
And I think that's like worth the price of admission alone. Behold this man's glorious mouth and maybe his songs will also be good. There is only maybe one thing that could make Rise Again maybe the perfect festival. And that would be maybe having one Jamaican person there or one brown person from any country there. That would be really dope, I think. It's interesting because you would think, okay, in Korea, why do you expect to see brown people? Um, That's not exactly what Korea is known for, diversity. Um, So I do have two somewhat rational reasons why I would expect to see maybe someone from the Caribbean at a reggae festival, even if it's in Asia. One, because uh, the first time I went to Rise Again, there were people from the culture on the bill. Like I saw a black performer, black dancers, black people in the crowd. Then the next time I went, there were no black performers And also, strangely enough, no black people in the crowd either. And my life in Korea is very much getting used to being the only, the only American, the only person of color, the only woman of color, pretty much in a lot of places I go. But again, you go to a reggae festival, you think, oh, that won't be the case. But it very much was. I mean, imagine if you were in the States and you went to a hip hop festival And the only rappers were like LP, Eminem, and Post Malone. And it would be like, okay, that's cool. This is rap. But, you know, where's everybody else? It would feel like a trap, maybe. Like, is this a Klan rally in disguise or something? So it can be a little alienating to be the only when you're going to a specific cultures festival. But the second reason I also kind of expect it Um, is because I've been to like the African festival in Seoul and I was super nervous that the African festival was going to be just like a bunch of Korean people in dashikis lecturing to other Korean people about Africa. And instead, everywhere you look, there were Africans and Koreans and a mixture of people eating the food, wearing the clothes and really enjoying the music. So it was like, okay, this is possible. And now that is the standard in my mind. If there's going to be like a specific cultural festival, I expect to see the locals and people from that culture represented. And so it was extra shocking to go to Rise Again and see like zero people of color. And I don't, there are probably logical reasons how that happened. Maybe every person from Jamaica and Trinidad was busy. Maybe none of them like reggae. Who knows? But if there could be some effort to include brown people in a reggae festival, besides me buying the ticket and Bob Marley's picture on the wall, that would be nice. But having no people of color in the audience, that's a really curious dilemma. I'm not sure how that happens. Do people just not know that the festival exists or did everybody get together and decide not to support it? Which, by the way, you guys know I don't have Twitter. So if we're boycotting something, you have to send me a text so I don't keep ending up being the only person at the reggae festival. But if you're down for if you're into music and you're adventurous and you're willing to give it a shot, I'd say check out Rise Again on Saturday. 
But actually, this Saturday, I will not be at Rise Again, hashtag part of the problem, because I will be seeing the weekend at Gochuk Sky Dome. Incidentally, I have a friend visiting Seoul who wanted to see the concert and invited me to go along. So I am getting treated to a concert this weekend, which I think is the best way to see any concert. Ironically, right around this time last year, or actually around New Year's, another friend also treated me to the Big Bang concert before they went into the military, also at the same venue. So if anybody happens to be visiting Korea next winter, and I don't know, Anderson Pock or Bruno Mars or Bjork happens to be in town and you feel like you want to treat me to that show, I guess I could make myself available. So let's just keep this streak of me getting to see free shows in the winter alive. Uh, Also on Saturday, because this weekend is like the livest weekend, it seems, in Seoul, one of my favorite Korean rappers, Nuxal, is scheduled to perform at Bonita Applebaum. Again, uh, if you know nothing about a place, but you hear it's called Bonita Applebaum, don't you just feel compelled to go? Um, It's a year-end party from The Vault, which I guess is a clothing store, but I've never heard of it, actually. And Nooksaw is pretty dope. He looks like Jasmine from The Boondocks because he used to have this big, fluffy ponytail, but his flow is really sick. Um, Also on that lineup is R&B singer Horam, who will give you the warm and fuzzies. Um, I've only seen him live once, but he does like those Casey and Jojo runs, like won't let a note go kind of singing. And he has a full beard, which has nothing to do with his talent, but you just don't see that much on an Asian face. And it's pretty impressive. There are dancers and a bunch of DJs on that lineup, too. Horam actually is performing next weekend also at Hyundai Understage. That venue is pretty cool because it is home to a music library in Hanomdong. Um, But the understage is the concert space under the library. Um, And it's just a really nice venue to see a show in. It's like a nice basement instead of like the grungy basements that you might go see like a little punk band in or something. So it's pretty cool. Let's pause on music and switch gears to museums this month. Um, And this is actually a long running exhibition, but at the Seoul Museum of History going until March 10th, it's a special exhibition of donated relics under the title Dilkusha and Chain of Amber. Dilkusha is the name of a house that an expat couple, Albert and Mary Taylor, used to live in during the early 20th century in Korea. Um, the house is evidently located right in Jongno, and it has the history of this couple in it. Um, Albert Taylor used to own a gold mine in Korea, which I didn't even know there were gold mines in Korea. He met his future wife on a business trip to Japan. They got married in India, and then they settled down and had their son in Korea. So the items on display show Korea during that time through the eyes of non-natives, which makes me kind of curious, like, what things did they see back then that might be similar to what I, as like a 21st century expat here, might also have seen. Um, or be seeing, I guess. Uh, Also, 
another museum thing. This is actually two events at the same art center at Art Sunjay Center. There is an exhibition going until January 20th called One a Day. And it's three artists, a Korean traditional vocalist, a sculptor who uses industrial materials and a painter. And they're kind of uniting their talents in this exhibition to explore the process of creating art and performance and what happens when these different media come together. I am particularly interested in what the Korean traditional vocalist will do because apart from everything that's on view every day, um, Park Min-hee does a 70-minute performance at the center like five times during the run. So the remaining performances are December 15th and 22nd and January 12th and 16th. And I'm not totally sure how it connects to the exhibition exactly, but it sounds very dramatic and I'm all for the extraness of it. So I'm going to be checking that out soon. Uh, also at Art Sunday Center is Play for Today, which is a film lecture and screening series. And I just love it when museums like have music and show films because yes, you should appreciate the art, but it's nice for them to like engage you in other ways as well. And it really seems like this place, I'm not sure if I've been to this center before, but they've got a little bit of everything going on. So play for today, their last film screening will be December 20th. And it's a screening of a film called Red Hollywood, a documentary about the Hollywood blacklist and some of the affected artists telling their stories. It sounds just a little different maybe from other films about the blacklist, simply because it's not like um, it's a communist denial story. But instead, these artists are acknowledging their political leanings and why they felt it was necessary for their films to do that during that time. So this movie isn't new. I think it came out in 1996, but it's one I've never seen and it sounds interesting. So I'll be checking that out as well. The three artists, one a day at the center is 5,000 and so is the film. So, you know, not free, but as close to free as you can kind of get. Even if you're on a budget, you get to see a whole movie. You get to see a performance. Sounds like good stuff. today's interview, we will be taking a glimpse behind the scenes of the soul hip-hop scene through the eyes of DJ and producer The Z. And as usual, Eddie will be providing interpretation for us to go from English to Korean and back again so we can keep the conversation flowing. So Z, could you please introduce yourself for us? Yeah. What's up? My name is The Z and I'm the number one DJ and turntable list and producer in Korea. Hi, oh. nice to meet you, everyone. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, first question. Um, how were you first introduced to hip hop? So, hip hop은 어떻게 처음 알았나요? Yeah, hip hop은 사실 제가 어렸을 때는 한국에서는 그렇게 유명한 장르도 아니었고 유명한 뮤지션도 있는 게 아니었는데 
그 당시 때 AFKN이라는 채널이 있었어요. 주한미국 방송, 미군 방송이 있었는데 저희 집에 나왔어요. 그 태, 채널이. 그래서 그때 어, 아마 아마 아메리칸 뮤직어 때 LA 쿨제이랑 DJ 제지에프에 공연하는 거 보고 그때 너무 인상적이었거든요. 그래서 그때 너무 멋있어서 그때 처음 접했습니다. So his first <웃음> when he was younger, he actually hip hop wasn't a big genre in Korea. Um, but when he was younger, it happened to there was a channel in Korea called AF, AFKN. AFKN, which showcased a lot of hip hop, um, and he actually got that channel in his household. Uh, so he watched it while he was younger, and he saw LL Cool J and. Mama said that you in. DJ JF and DJ JF. Wow, what's that? What's that? I'm going. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, parents just don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I'm forgot of the oh. uh, title. Yeah. Yeah. But he saw those kind of artists, mm. and he got a very good impression, and he was amazed by that. Mm. So that's when he was first introduced to hip hop. Okay, cool. And so, how did you go from being a hip hop fan to wanting to be in hip hop and do something with hip hop? Because I'm just hip hop. 팬 하다가 언제 어떻게 힙합 아티스트로 이제 넘어갔어요? 어, 사실 그때 처음 엘레쿨제이랑 DJ 제이제프를 본건 중학생이었는데요. 이 한국에서 고등학생이 되면 이제 조금 진로를 결정해야 돼요. 뭐 문과도 있고 이과도 있는데 그 전에 그냥 저는 딱 고등학교 되는 고등학생이 되는 순간 음악을 해야겠다. 이게 내 길이다라는 생각을 하게 됐죠. 그래서 그때 이후에 계속 그냥 공부를 사실 그냥 이 힙합 음악이 아닌 대중 가요, 그러니까 막팝 음악을 공부를 했었는데 스무 살딱 되는 순간부터 아 그냥 힙합만 해야겠다, 다른 거 생각 안 하고 힙합만 해야겠다라는 생각을 했었고요. DJ는 사실 한국의 스크래치라는 이런 장르가 좀 많이 유명하지 않았어요. 그때도 마찬가지로 턴테이블은 비교적 지금보다는 쉽게 구할 수 있었지만 이 스크래치라는 거 정확한 개념이 없었는데. 그때는 일본에서 온 교포 친구들이 많이 이런 걸 알려줬었죠. 그래서 그 스물 하나, 스물 둘 그때 외국, 일본 교포 친구들을 만나면서 또이 이날 가리온에 했던 제유형이라는 사람을 알게 되면서 그때 스크래치 DJ 문화에 대해 관심이 생겼고 그때 조금씩 연, 연습을 하고 준비를 하다가 너무 빠져, 빠져들게 됐죠. 예. So in Korea, typically um... From middle school to transitioning to high school, students have to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. <laughs> and so he just wanted to do music. Um, still, he, in, he didn't want to do like hip hop in general. It's just like he wanted to do music. Uh, he's like, oh, this is the way I should go. Uh, so when he went from middle school to high school, he was like, okay, I want to study music. Uh, so he still enjoyed hip hop, but he wanted to study all. Um, music because hip hop wasn't still popular, so <clears throat> he did a lot of pop and things like that. And then, and when he became 20, he's like, Yes, I'm, my my type of genre mm. is hip hop. So that's when he chose uh, hip hop. And DJing and um, Scratch, uh, he actually learned from his friends that came from Japan. Um, and at that time, It was easy to get turntables and things like that, but it still wasn't um, popular. But he got introduced and learned a lot about it through his friends from Japan, and um, and that's when he when he was in around 20. Okay. So when we're talking about 
like that time. That's what mid late nineties. Like, yeah, 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 late 90s. Late 90s. Okay, yeah. so hip hop was already a thing in Japan, and your friends, yeah, right. your Japanese friends, yeah, could school you on it a yeah. little bit. Okay, all right. So then, were you ever, if it wasn't popular, like now, you can go to DJ schools and DJ mm. academies, but you didn't have that option then. Mm. You just had to learn informally, or did you have training? Yeah. Uh, DJ 학교도 없고 뭐 선생님도 많이 없었을 건데 yeah. 어떻게 가르쳐서 혼자 배웠는지 아그 어, 부분에 대해서 좀 그때는 지금처럼 유튜브나 유튜브 이런 게좀 많이 발달되지 않고 사실 그 일본 친구들이 오면서 어떤 그그 스크래치 레슨 비디오 이런 게 있었어요 그, 그 영상을 보고 같이 연습을 했죠 어 왜냐하면 소리에 대해서 정확히 이해가도가 떨어지긴 하는데 그래서 비슷하게 소리도 내려고 굉장히 노력을 했어요. 예, 그리고 뭐그 다음에 아마 제가 기억나는 건 DVD도 좀 나왔었고 그리고 2000년에 아마 제 기억에 스크래치콘이라는 그런 그 세미나 뭐 이런 게 있었는데 그 비디오도 좀 구해서 보고 그랬죠. 예. So um, I mean in the beginning he actually just learned through a lot of his Japanese friends who brought over some DVDs and videos of um, scratch and then he would try to imitate them right like um, try to make the exact sound that he saw in the video um, and then at that time because there's no YouTube at that time it's still pretty early um, and then there was also uh, a scratch con so it's like a conference where oh. he would get um, some videos from there and just learn through that so at that time it was just through you know self learning through videos that he was able to get a hand on is there a difference that you've noticed between hip hop audiences in Japan versus the audience you play for here in Korea? 일본 팬들랑 한국 팬들랑 뭐 차이가 어떻게 돼요? 아, 그게 진짜 사실 거리로는 굉장히 가까운 나라잖아요. 근데 너무 상이, 성향이 정반대예요. 그러니까 한국 팬들은 굉장히 에너제릭해요. 그러니까 좋아하는 음악 나오면 계속 끝까지 열심히 노는데 일본 분들은 일본 가 가보셨나요? 일본 가봤죠. 예, 일본 사람들 너무 조용해요. 거기도 마찬가지예요. 그래서 에미넴이 일본에서 공연하고 한국에서 공연했을 때 반응이 달랐던 이유를 저는 알겠어요. 왜냐하면 일본 사람들은 와 이런 환성, 환호성도 많이 안 질러요. 왜냐하면 다른 사람들 피해준다고 생각하니까. 근데 뭐이 정도 그냥 이 정도 이 정도지 한국 사람처럼 와 이러진 않아요. 근데 그게 저는 처음에 사실 처음에 갔을 때 물어봤어요. 저 같이 저 소개해줬던 누나한테 저 진짜 잘튼 거냐고 잘한 거냐고 그러니까 너무 잘했다고 예, 일본 사람들 이게 진짜 좋은 반응이라고 라고 얘기하더라고요 예, 그래서 한국 사람들은 좀 뜨겁고 일본 사람들은 조용해요 예. So uh, in Korea, Korean fans are very energetic, right? When they, 음. And they have so much energy throughout the whole concert or whole set or whatever 음. They're just like cheering and loud and dancing and whatever uh, But when you go to Japan Culture-wise, it's very quiet in Japan mm. when you walk around, right? So, um, and that's the same as at the venue or concert, wherever. They are pretty quiet. They don't want to, they don't want to cheer and, like, bother the person next to them. That's kind of their mindset. <laughs> at a concert? Mm. Yeah, right. Even concert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh. so that's, I mean, that's their mindset. So, they, they like, the most they will do is kind of, like, raise their hands um, um, and then maybe clap a little bit. Mm. But... 
they're never they're not really screaming or anything so mm -hmm. and one time when he was first went to japan he actually asked uh the person who was the connection mm. and asked oh did i do a good job because he didn't know the reaction was like that so and then they were like yes uh, you know this isn't their normal reaction when they have a mm. good time so okay. <laughs> like a golf clap right. Right. yeah 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 <laughs> thank you sir uh -huh. for coming <laughs> okay what do you think is appealing to Korean people about hip-hop obviously you can't speak for the nation mm. but just your impression why is it kind of big or growing here so hip-hop is in Korea why じゃ、ちょわじゅうこ、じゃ、ポピュラーだこ、くんご、생각하는 저희세대때는ラグ음악이굉장히그런장르의음악이었는데요즘은그런힙합이ラグ사실혼자긴힘들잖아요막기타도있어야되고드럼도있어야되는데힙합은혼자할수있고그리고あ요즘에 사실개인
slang or like mumbling mm. uh, in mm. Korean. Okay. Um, and the same as for fans, like there's people who really like the stories, mm. um, and then there's other fans who just really like the beat and just like the catchphrases, and so mm. it's about half half. Okay. For me, like I grew up, I'm like the hip hop generation, mm. like a child of hip hop too, and I tend to think of it as black music. Um, because that's the, those are the main people I've ever seen do it, mm-hmm. and the stories that they're telling are usually about the black experience. Mm. So then it was kind of funny for me to come to Korea, and you don't see like you can, but you can see like a hip hop club or something like that. But when you see like black music lounge, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> like so literally, yeah, this is a place to hear black music, mm. and you, we don't even do that in the uh... states, so. Part one, then, mm. it, do Koreans see hip-hop as black music? So, Hugin's하람노래는就보이는지아니면그냥노래뮤직적으로보이는지어예사실다 그 나름대로 살았지만 이게 기본적으로 흑인 문화라는 건 알고 있고요. 어 그런 것도 같아요. 소울, 뭐 재즈, 펑크 다 흑인 문화라고 알고 있어요. 예, 그거는 그렇습니다. 예. So uh, I mean everybody in Korea knows like 음. hip hop it originally from like black people like their 음. life, their culture, their struggles and everything like that. And Koreans know, understand that 음. um, and know like it's that's the origin and like they understand you know like jazz. And other genres are also, you know, from the black, black culture. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Then, how far does that go? Do you think Korean people also like Korean uh, black culture and black people, or just kind of like the fashion and the music of it? Culture만 좋아할까요? 아니면 이제 흑인 뭐 흑인 사람들랑 뭐다 좋아할까요? 어, 그게 좀 재밌는 질문인데요. 사실 제 생각은 그렇습니다. 힙합만 좋아하는 것 같아요. 그러니까 흑인 문화를 좋아하는 사람들은 좀그 힙합을 좋아하는 사람들보다 적어요. 왜냐하면 제가 처음에 음악 아 예일례로 이럴 거예요 아마. 블랙팬서라고 사람들이 블랙팬서는 영화로만 알고 있지 그 이런 이런 무브먼트라고 알고 있는 사람들 거의 없어요 한국에서는 예 그게 아마 답이 됐을 것 같아요. So so he thinks he thinks most people probably just like the black culture, uh, like the, just the hip hop part, because um, even in his experience when he thinks he asks like oh do you like Black Panther, they think about the movie, they don't think about the Black Panther actual movement. Right? <laughs> So, um, I mean, he thinks, I mean, it's a good question. It's a very, you know, interesting question. But he thinks, yeah, Koreans probably, there's a small percentage that would actually like the the whole, 
like everything is just just like the music more is mm. more the majority mm-hmm. yeah i think there's a gap maybe. yeah yeah just because we're not here yeah <laughs> and even uh 젊은 사람들은 20대들은 아마 마이클 조다든 그냥 신발 브랜드라고 할 거예요 예, 마이클 조다 모를 거예요 아마. So right yeah. now, even like if you think about like the 20s, everybody who's in the 20s thinks Michael Jordan is just a shoot. You know, they <웃음> they haven't experienced it through <웃음> watching him play <웃음> basketball, so they just like, oh, they're just talking about the shoot. Mm, okay, alright. Yeah, yeah. I want to know some of your. I want to hear mm. about your taste mm? a little mm? bit in music. So, could you name? three rappers that you would recommend to Korean hip-hop fans. It yeah. doesn't have to be American rappers, but international hip-hop. Uh-huh. If it ends up being American, that's yeah. okay, too. Because, you know, we do it. Yeah. Um, so... DJ, if you want to international DJ or hip-hop rapper, you can choose top three. All-time top three? Well, that's it. 팬 앞에 와서 팬 와서 이제 네. 어 누구 좋아해요? 그러면 이제 세명 얘기해요. 세 명이요? 네. And why? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <웃음> That's an essay question. Yeah. Number one, Jay Z. Yeah. 그리고 예 이유는 이유는 90년대부터 지금까지 그냥 얼타임이니까 왜냐면 안 들으면 사실 지금의 힙합이 어떻게 이렇게 왔는지를 모르는 거예요. 왜냐면 예전에 붐백도 했었고, 뭐, 더리사우스 같은 것도 했었고, 트랩도 했었고, 이 90년대 이후의 힙합의 흐름은 이제 제이진 것 같아요. 예. So number one, Jay Z is number one. Uh, the reason is he started in the 90s and he's still continuing today, right? But if you don't know hip hop like history, then um, he feels like you won't understand. So like Jay Z is kind of like represents that. He went through all the different phases of like boom rap and mm. trap and things like that. So um, that's number one. Okay, fine. Hmm. New one of those. Ah, this one. Actually, I don't really like Eminem. 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 흑인 문화를 할수 있다는 걸 보여줬고 그러면서 다른 인종들도 이제 같이 이제 힙합이란 장르를 공유하게 된 사람인 것 같아요. 예. So number two would be Eminem. Even though I'm not a big fan of Eminem, like he would, uh, he says he would have to say Eminem because Eminem's white, right? <웃음> And he came into like you say, because hip-hop is considered a black culture, um, uh, so it's He came in and he's still one of the top uh, rappers. So, and because of him, other races came into hip hop. So, that would be Eminem. Okay, mm. so he's kind of like a, I don't know what mm. barrier breaker. I don't know. He's different, uh-huh. but Tra- also trail- good. Yeah, trailblazer. trailblazer. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five, three. <laughs> 마지막으로 Drake요. Drake 사실 이게 커머셜론 되게 성공한 뮤지션인데 지금 들어야 하는 이유가 왜 사람들이 드레이크를 좋아하는지 그리고 왜 드레이크 사, 드레이크의 음악을 사람들이 좋아하는지 알게 되는 이런 지금 현 시대를 살아가는 사람들은 알게 될것 같아요. 드레이크. 예. So number three would be Drake. And the reason is if you listen to Drake you, you kind of see why or you have to try to 
you'll find out why people really like him and mm. what people are interested in, mm. uh, right? Because he's very popular, right? Mm -hmm. So what mm. he raps about is what's he's very commercialized, mm. right? So, um, I mean, if you listen to his music, you kind of feel the sense of uh, what the society is kind of enjoying nowadays, mm. and then see what you know, is popular. Okay. Mm -hmm. Alright. Mm -hmm. I get it. Don't get it twisted. No, no, I'm not angry. I'm uh, not going to flip the table over. <laughs> uh, but no, that's true. I mean, because I ignored Drake for mm. a long mm -hmm. time. I still have never heard a complete Drake yeah. album. But he wouldn't go away. Mm. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to listen to this mm. guy because he's everywhere. Yeah. It's a little bit like K-pop here. Yeah. Like, if you don't like K-pop, you still know all the songs mm. because it's just, you can't buy a coffee mm. without hearing all the songs all the time. So and plus, he's a work hard. He works hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. yeah. What about for the international fan mm. who wants to know where do I begin with good Korean hip hop? Who should I be listening to? Top three. Top three. Oh God. Yeah. 이제 외국 사람들 와서 이제 어 한국 hip hop 이제 배울라면 아니면 누구한테 이제 들을라면 top three 누구? Yeah. 일단은 저는 number one 가리온. 가리온은 제가 친해서 그런 건 아니고요. 어. 마찬가지 제이지랑 왜냐면 90년대에서부터 음악을 시작해갖고 지금까지 사실 힙합 팀이 15년 거의 20년 가까이 유지된다는 건 쉽지 않은 일이거든요. 그러면서 그 사람들이 음악을 만들고 시대가 변하고 그러면서 그들의 음악도 바뀌는 걸 들으면 사실 90년대 후반이 한국에서 힙합이 태어난 시기거든요. 그때부터 지금까지 계속 음악을 했다는 건 태어난 순간부터 지금까지 계속했다는 건 한국의 음악이 힙합 음악이 바뀌었다는 바뀌는 그 상황을 볼수 있으니까요. 예. So number would be 게리온. 가리온. 가리온. 예. 예. So my friend. It's his friend, but it's not the main reason because he actually is kind of like Jay Z, similar to Jay Z. He started in the 90s and he still lasted to now. And so and in the 90s is basically when hip-hop started in Korea. So if you listen to his music, um, you kind of can see the changes and the different um, types of hip-hop that went through Korea. Mm -hmm. And so I would recommend getting mm. I thought Garyon was a group? Or yeah. Was oh, okay. Duo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a duo. Cool. Mm. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. And? Okay. Jungkook Tiger. This is the 그 비슷한 시기이긴 했었지만 사실 데뷔는 조금 메이저 기획사에서 메이저 컴페니에서 데뷔했는데 점점 그 분들이 음악이 뭐 누구지? DJ 샤인 나가고 드렁크 타이거 JK 혼자서 음악을 했지만 그 어떤 힙합 특히 미국의 좀 느낌이 가장 강했던 분이지 않을까 생각하고 있습니다. 예. So number two would be Drunken Tiger. So they also started in the 90s. Um, mm. They were by a major yeah, co company. Company. Yeah. They were signed by a major company. Yeah. And then, um, and then, but then throughout their history, you know, DJ Shine left, and then it was only Tiger JK by himself. But Drunken mm. um, Tiger would probably be the closest to American style. Um, so probably Drunken Tiger. Mm. Number three is. 
이번에 크루인데 비스메이저요. 비스메이저라고 디플로 있고 넉살 있고 덤밀스 우탄 이런 그 크루인데 사실 요즘 나온 친구들 중에 가장 열심히 하고 있는 제 생각에 가장 열심히 하는 친구들 같고요. 그리고 음악도 좀 다양한 색깔을 내고 그리고 뭐 트랩이든 분배비든 자기네들이 표현할 수 있는 것 여실히 제대로 보여줄 수 있, 보여주고 있는 친구들인 것 같아요. 예. So the third would be Cool. This major. BMC. 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 Yeah. BMC major. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they, they. It's actually a crew. So it's a group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, if you listen to they, they very, are working very hard. So mm-hmm. they're like more now, now, like right now, popular. Yeah. So they, and then there's different styles. Everybody has their own kind of style, like boom rap and trap mm-hmm. and things like that. So if you listen to their whole. Group, then you kind of get the vibe of Korean hip hop. Okay. Mm. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please with yourself. <laughs> 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 the sweat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Don't breathe yet. Uh, if you could add a fourth. Fourth. Because you gave two old school options uh-huh. and only one kind of new school. So could you throw in another current good hip hop option? <laughs> 세 명에서는 두 명은 좀 오래된 가수도 있고 이제 마지막이 좀 요즘 근데 한명더 요즘 좀 그럼 도끼죠 도끼 예 도끼 밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일밀리언일
Beautiful. Winter Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Lizzie. Thanks a lot. Yeah. AKA, who mm. knows, whatever your government name is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking to us. Thank 감사합니다. you, Eddie, for helping us know, yeah. understand what's going on. Well, that brings us to the end of episode two of Yo Sun Dynasty. We did it, Brooklyn. For this month's Soul Sound, I am cheating because it actually comes from a city called Gapyeong, which is slightly northeast of Seoul. It's like a 90-minute train ride. And Gapyeong is kind of a poppin' little nook outside of the city. It's got a couple islands, one that is home to an annual jazz festival. It's got a ski resort. But I went to Gapyeong with my good friend Ralph Machia, who also documents her artistic adventures at Ralph Machia on Instagram, so you can check that out. We did the Gapyeong Rail Park, which is like this seated, self-powered pedal bike down an abandoned railway. Um, I'm not sure why we waited until the coldest possible day to enjoy this outdoor excursion, but you live, you learn, you freeze. So let the sound of our limbs freezing and cracking ease you into your weekend and try to imagine the rolling hills and the crystal clear stream and the rickety old shacks we were passing while trying to retain the feeling in our feet. Uh, maybe you don't want to necessarily do an outdoor activity like that in December, but whatever you do, remember to get out of the house and find your soul. Catch you next time. Ciao, ciao.